0: That's exactly what I was wondering during that missions trip is, Lord, how will we ever rebuild? Yeah. You know, the devastation was so great. You know, you saw hopelessness all along the streets, you know, people just giving to alcohol. And because families were destroyed, families were torn apart. I just came back thinking, you know, this little bitty work that we did to, just to comfort those who moan in Zion. Lord, how will they ever recover? Yes.
1: On December 26, 2004, the largest earthquake ever recorded with a magnitude of 9.3 in the Indian Ocean triggered devastating tsunamis that claimed over 230,000 lives in a single day. Among the hardest hit was the island of Sri Lanka, home to over 21 million people. An entire coastline was washed away, leaving behind rubble where homes and businesses once stood. The devastation was so great, many wondered how the people would ever recover. Hi and welcome to Mid South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. The connection between here in Memphis and Sri Lanka on today's program as we talk with our guest, Shiara, is with us. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. Thank you for having me. And
1: I learned that you're one of our regular listeners to Bot Radio.
0: Yes, sir. Love AM six forty. <laughs> oh well we appreciate Good shows. It. Thank you so
1: much. Mid-South Viewpoint is a program pretty much connected with ministries and organizations doing kingdom work here in our community but from time to time we get the opportunity to visit with those who there's a connection between what's happening here in memphis other parts of the world in your case we've got this incredible ministry called isaiah 613 is that right 613 613 international we've got so much to talk about but you originally are from sri lanka i believe
0: That is correct.
1: How did you get to come to the United States? Well,
0: in a roundabout kind of way, I am born to Sri Lankan parents, but much of our lives we lived outside Sri Lanka. So I was 11 years old when we moved to the Middle East, to Dubai to live, and I finished my high school education there. And I had the privilege of meeting so many different nationalities. So one of them, being Americans, I just fell in love with the American culture, and I knew I wanted to come to the United States to go to college and I went to Oral Roberts University after high school. The rest is history, I guess.
1: <laughs> you have three children. I you do. You telling yes. me about one of your sons. Both of your sons are in college, right? Yes. Okay. They're
0: finishing up. One is finishing up and one is just starting.
1: So you have a job with Federal Express. Yes. You've been with them for how long?
0: 14 years. Okay. Yes.
1: Long time. Yes. Uh, before we go any further, I okay. want to hear about your story of coming to Christ. Okay. How did Jesus... Coming into your life, when did you first right. hear the story and learn about him?
0: Well, it was actually in the Middle East. I was born to a Sri Lankan Christian family. Most of Sri Lanka is Buddhist, as you may know. In the Middle East, while I was in high school, I went through a very rebellious stage.
1: How rebellious did you get?
0: Well, <laughs> I, I suppose in certain terms, maybe it was mild compared to some of the things that you may hear here. Right. But in Sri Lanka, we have a very conservative culture. And my parents, you know, were very strict, bringing us up. And I was in the Middle East, surrounded by many cultures that had a lot more freedom than I did. And so I naturally rebelled. Yet the Lord, allowed that, you know, to save me. During that season, my father fell very ill, deathly ill. Nobody knew what was really wrong with him, but he was on death's door. My rebellion became its peak during his illness, Somehow the Lord intervened and, you know, stood at the door oh, yeah. Way when I was hell-bent on destroying my life. He rescued me, and I went through a very humbling season, and I finally began to see what was going on around me. The Lord began to speak to my heart.
1: You know, Scripture tells us He demonstrates His love for us yes. while we're in that condition of our sin. Yes. And sometimes we don't realize just how sinful yes. we are. But when that light turns on and yeah. we see our dark heart and his right. wonderful light of grace that he right. offers us Amen. through the cross.
0: Actually, immediately after I came to the Lord, I knew I was called to the ministry. I wanted to serve the Lord. Did you? Yes. At the age of, I was 14 or 15 years old. Wow. And so I decided when it was time for college that I would go to Oral Rabbit's University and study evangelism. Of course, God had other plans and he knew that I wasn't quite ready. So I had sort of a detour there. I fell into sin, and I abandoned my calling and decided I was going to end up with an accounting degree. What started with evangelism ended up with a business degree in accounting.
1: But now, you know, if you look full circle, <laughs> even God uses everything in our life Amen. for a purpose, right? Yes, yes. And so even what you're doing now through the Isaiah 613 ministry, which we're going to talk about, yes, the verse itself says, provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty. Instead of ashes, the oil of joy. Instead of mourning, a garment of praise. Instead of a spirit of despair, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. splendor. Wow. So let's back up. I opened up with some just heart-wrenching news about Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. And we know there's places in the world that get these devastating natural disasters that Two hundred and thirty thousand people
0: in a single in one day. day. Oh, yes. my
1: goodness. It's just matter you, of hours. You can't even wrap your mind around that.
0: Yes, I know. So Sri Lanka was on the wake of the tsunami. And it's the first landmass that really took the brunt of the wave. So an entire coastline was washed into the Indian Ocean. I'm sure you remember just so much aid and help and compassion poured into that region. To India and Sri Lanka, Indonesia are the places where there was such devastation. I was actually uh, a member of Life Church at that time, and we decided to go on a missions trip. During that trip, you know, I witnessed the devastation. I mean, there was literally just uh, concrete slabs remaining where there used to be buildings. Right. You know, now, now
1: when you return, had you been back to Sri Lanka before that time?
0: Oh yes, yeah, I have a lot of family there.
1: Any of your family killed?
0: Actually, none. You know, I have a huge family, uh, about 150 of us. But no one was in that region where it was mostly affected. And actually, the wave came just beneath the town that my family lives. Wow. Yeah, so it was quite extensive, the damage. We had a little bit of, you know, of the effect, but no deaths in my village. It was mostly in the south, southeast um because that's the direction of the wave.
1: Obviously you want it to return just because of your roots. Yes. Your people. You yes. just want it to see what you could do.
0: Absolutely. Actually that was the time when the Lord really got a hold of my heart and turned my eyes and my heart back towards home. Up until then, you know, I have a family of my own, so life in America, going to work and raising three children was quite busy. Yeah. Though I had this calling and there's just love for the Lord. I wasn't ready to actually step into my calling until this event.
1: I'm just thinking about uh, recently, well, it's been a little while. I had a, a guest, Laurent Mbanda, who is from Rhodesia. No, not Rhodesia, mm-hmm. but uh, the country that had all the genocide. Rwanda. Rwanda.
0: Yes.
1: And uh, he lived, I think, as a child in a refugee camp mm-hmm. outside. His mm-hmm. parents came to America, became one of the vice presidents of Compassion International, And decided to take his family back to Rwanda to visit. This was past the time of the genocide, Mm -hmm. but still the effects of people trying to rebuild their lives. And his college son said, Dad, what are we doing living in the U.S. Mm -hmm. with all these needs here? Right. And so he came back and resigned his position at Compassion and moved. And now he's the archbishop. It's a crazy story. Right. But just how God placed this in Mm -hmm. your heart. It's one thing to see a building destroyed. That can be rebuilt. Right. Of course, in a situation like here in Sri Lanka, being rebuilt can take a lot longer, right?
0: Yes, exactly. And that's exactly what I was wondering during that mission trip is, Lord, how will we ever rebuild? You know, the devastation was so great. You know, you saw hopelessness all along the streets. You know, people just giving to alcohol and because families were destroyed, families were torn apart. I just came back thinking, you know, this little bitty work that we did just to comfort those who moan in Zion. Lord, how will they ever recover?
1: Yes. That was kind of the beginning of what became of you helping these micro-businesses for international free trade bringing their products into the global market. Yes. Did you get the idea while you were there?
0: Not during that trip. Okay. Well, two years later, I went home for my father's birthday, 70th birthday, and I visited the region where we had worked. And I I saw the most amazing scene. Um, These streets that were once like a graveyard uh, were lined with small stores, mud huts, as it were, that had come up and was lined with color. So micro-businesses were created for the residents of those regions to reclaim their lives, rebuild their lives. That region is very tourist-heavy. So obviously the tourism industry was, you know, completely gone after that. Um, but they were building their lives back up through micro-businesses that were started. Right. And I remember standing in the, you know, in the midst of all of this and just exclaiming, like, Lord, beauty from ashes. Oh, I I heard those words just dropped into my heart, beauty from ashes. Did did you read the
1: book by Brian Fickert? No, I have not. Well, another story for another time, but he wrote a book on these type of businesses you're talking about to help these third world countries, right? and it's just exactly what you're talking about. Had you ever seen this type of commerce and how you could connect that? I have not.
0: Only got the words at that time, and I would buy some of their uh, products and bring it back to the United States as gifts for my children and my friends. And, you know, they were so delighted to see the beauty, you know, that was created from the ashes and, and the resilience of these people to, you know, to want to reclaim their lives. And each time I went home, somebody would ask me, would you bring me, you know, another sari, would you bring me another purse? So I started getting this idea, you know, maybe there's demand for this. Yeah. But my life, my personal life was in a very chaotic state at that time um, that I couldn't possibly think of starting a business right, right. while I'm working and right. raising three children. Right, right. So God had to sort of take me through my own beauty from ashes story because before I was ready to launch into ministry and business.
1: Okay, well, we've got to hear about your beauty to <laughs> ashes story. What was it that God took you through?
0: Well, um, sadly... Um my marriage ended in divorce mm. in 2008 and um you know this was uh so devastating for us uh, our whole family and there was a season of just loss and death and grieving and allowing the lord to rebuild you know that we had to walk through as a family yes um and you know there were so many wonderful miracles that happened during that time um and you know No matter what happens, the Lord has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. So he walked us through that journey of coming out of divorce. And today, Bar and I, I want to tell you, you know, my ex-husband and I are very good friends. We work together for the sake of our children. We've come together in partnership and become friends. And it it is the most um, amicable situation that you could have in a divorce. Uh, So... During that recovery time, uh, the Lord also brought me to Brit Hadashah, Messianic Synagogue, uh, where I really learned about my faith. You know, I started reading the Bible more and going deeper into uh, the Old Testament and finding the foundations of our faith. So I began my journey to recovery and beauty from ashes in my own life.
1: And, you know, it's interesting, Shiara, you say this because... That's how God works. That's his business of taking the brokenness, the maim, the totally thrown out in the garbage dump of our lives and rebuilding, making the beauty out of that. You know, I mean, it's something that he does all the time. And I, I know we've got listeners that are in places of despair, places where emotional tsunamis have destroyed
0: Absolutely. their lives
1: you know mm-hmm. and they don't see any hope or or help right. but you know jesus is there right
0: actually it's just that surrender you can do it your way or you can do it god's way <laughs> That's you know good. I like and that, yeah. one of the things that i learned during that time was i did it my way the first time around and i didn't want to just repeat that cycle you know around the same mountain so i said lord Deliver me, you know, help me to get back to where you want me to be. And I went through, you know, a real stripping off self and my idea of what my life should look like. Right, right. And I just waited on the Lord to reveal it.
1: Trying to get this off the ground. I mean, what were the steps in, I mean, in the name? I mean, you found the verse out of Isaiah, which we've read. Yes. Uh, So from that point, when God gave you, you felt like it was a clear direction or Mm -hmm. an an idea that you had what did you move from after that
0: well you know you're never alone uh it's the people that surround you you know for good or for for bad right uh so the lord like i said you know brought me to brit hadashah where i really started to grow in my faith you know my eyes were being open to the human struggle and suffering around me and not so much focused on self and focused on what was wrong with my own life right. and why I wasn't right. happy right. and just relating to other people and seeing their suffering. So in that season of like I said being stripped of self, God started to speak to me about this concept of starting a you know business to partner with poor artisans who were affected by the tsunami. So at that very moment, I remember distinctly saying to the Lord, if this is your idea, you know, he basically, Byron, I had put this idea away for so long that the Lord just kind of asked me one day, will you do it for me? Hmm. What do you say? No. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, yes. And then I remember telling him, I said, well, if it's about you, it cannot be about me. All of these prophets have to go back to serving your kingdom purpose in Sri Lanka. So the whole concept of it having to be a nonprofit was birthed from the very start. And the congregation that I'm part of is very supportive of God's call on your life and helping you achieve those things. So the elders of my congregation, they rallied around me and said, you know, this really fits you. You know, we are 100% behind you, so go for it. Yes. And we formed a board of directors for Isaiah 613 yeah. and started to uh, plan wow. it out.
1: You know, what's exciting, too, here that you're sharing is the fact that this is sent out from the church. Yes, Looking back in the times when the early church would send out Paul on, on different missions and, yes. you know, the missionary journeys of Paul. But, you know, reaching the world through the church, the congregation of believers, followers of Christ, praying over you, sanctioning this. It's really a work of God.
0: Yes. And it's so important. Yes. Because as a divorced woman and, you know, my father passed away as well. Um, There was a time I felt like I was sitting under a hornet's nest without a covering. Yes. You know, and then the Lord provided that covering for me in my congregation through my elders and and the body there. And so what you're saying is very true.
1: So you started out with Two vendors, I believe. That's correct. So were these individuals you knew or you met on your trip or how did you get connected with them?
0: Actually I, I told my brother about this idea that I had and he's a man of few words, you know, <laughs> so he listened and I I didn't tell him where to go, you know, what region to go and I said, Would you find me two vendors I can start working with? And lo and behold, he goes to the same region where we had done the missions work, you know, where we had been, and finds me two vendors. One makes leather products, you know, like handbags and purses and beautiful handcrafted leather products. And the other lady makes just things out of silk and cotton material. So I went and visited them, and I shared my concept with them, and they were just so hopeful Came back, this was in I think two thousand thirteen when I went back to meet these vendors and it took me actually a year and a half to go back to them, to get organized, to get the business in place. Right. When I walked into their establishments, you know, there were tears in their eyes. Wow. Because this lady recognized me and she told me, you know, so many people have promised us what you promised us, but only you came back.
1: You had to have a business plan. Mm-hmm. You had to create, I guess, a nonprofit. Yes. You know, you're an accountant. You know how to do all this stuff, <laughs> you know? Of course, you had to probably go through some lawyers or whatever you had to do to kind of create this organization, right?
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. And each of the board members were handpicked by God, I believe, you yes. know, because we had a, a lawyer on the board that helped us get organized, yeah. paralegal that did, did all, the, <laughs> all of that stuff that I'm not familiar with. Of course, I have the accounting background, which helps in setting the foundation in a good way. Integrity has always been you know, high on my list of requirements, and I wanted to be able to partner with people that I could trust in ministry right. because I'd seen so much corruption before that.
1: Yeah, that was one of my questions. I mean, how do you build those relationships? Because in essence, you sell these product lines, mm-hmm. whether it be leather or the silk goods, Uh, the monies go back into the economy through these people. Yeah. But you also find organizations, relief agencies, emergency support help ministries that are working in this area, and some of that money goes into their funding too, right?
0: Absolutely.
1: So you do want to make sure that if you put your name on it, that they're doing right by the Lord.
0: Absolutely. And that was, you know, one of my – request to God that he would give me good partnerships in Sri Lanka, the people I could trust. And so our concept is we employ these vendors, we develop their product. For instance, this lady who makes things out of silk, she used to have simple bed covers made out of beautiful silk sari. We took that and we turned it into a duvet. And we told her, hey make matching pillowcases so that it can be sold as a set so we took what was sort of you know her natural thing and made it to something that could be sold in the west yeah go back reinvest in their lives and since it's a non-profit concept and i told the lord this has to go back into the country we have found an organization that is working with children off the streets, working with poor families. Which is
1: really part of your second vision, which is to be a voice for the poor and to create awareness to raise funds for these various causes for the poor in Sri Lanka, That's right? correct. So the second vision or this idea to add, was mm-hmm. this something that came along later? Or was this part of the original idea?
0: It's part of the original idea. That's where the profits would go to after reinvestment. Okay. So we keep our vendors occupied. We keep them busy with our, you know, production cycle and then whatever is left over from the sales here in America, we give it back to Sri Lanka. We have helped in uh, situations where there've been flooding. We've worked with local pastors to bring relief to the citizens in those right. regions. And we work regularly with an organization that rescues children from the streets before they become a victim.
1: So, Isaiah 613 International mm-hmm. has been pretty much up and running, I guess, for the past, what, five years five or years. so? About yes. five years now. What are some of the results? Have you been back to see how these profits and this money surge back into the economy has changed these people's lives?
0: Absolutely. I go, it used to be every two years, but now it seems like I'm going at least once a year. And so this partnership that we have with the... um, Which
1: is a long flight, by the way. It's about 17 (laughs) hours, you know, from Memphis. One leg. (laughs) Yeah, that's just from Memphis. Oh, yeah, that's just one leg? That's just
0: one leg. You have to make several stopovers, (laughs) and it's about 26 hours altogether. Oh, my goodness.
1: Okay, my Google experience was a little off, though. Pretty long flight. It is. Last
0: year, I took some friends to go and visit Sri Lanka, to see these children that we've been helping through Isaiah 613 and to visit our vendors just to bless them, connect with the church in Sri Lanka and see other ways that we can serve the country. So this is our, our first time just going as a group. But I go, like I said, at least once a year.
1: Give us some a story or two of some of the change in which you've seen. What's bringing you most joy as you see this God bless in this ministry coming to fruition there
0: yeah there's so many stories I can tell you, starting with one of my vendors, she became a widow last December. Her husband went out she he was um, a deep sea fisherman. He was out on one of his fishing trips and had a massive heart attack and oh. died so just to help her out and her children has been just such a privilege, you know, and to really now take it a, a step deeper to connect with the human factor. Not just helping her financially with her business, but to just touch and bless their lives and to just say, I grieve with you, you know, and to hold her and hug her kids and just to say, we're here for you. You're not alone.
1: That's got to mean so much.
0: Yes, it does. You know, that was such a, um, Mm. just a very sweet encounter for all of us to have with her. And we met her husband actually on that trip before he passed away. So we were able to love on him, you know, and share Christ with him. Then, of course, on the other side of the ministry side, just to watch these kids grow. Some of them came from the tsunami who were orphaned by the tsunami. And now they're adults. So they're marrying, you know, they're having children and they're responsible citizens, you know, who are compassionate citizens. They came from such a hopelessness to being empowered by this ministry, by knowing the Lord, and just being able to go out and being be productive uh, citizens giving back to society.
1: Okay, so you've got this product line from, what, two vendors now or more than two vendors? More
0: than two. Actually, we are now up to four. Okay. And at times, it's been five.
1: How can we discover the product line? Is it available okay. for purchase? And how can we—obviously, it's available for purchase. Yes. But how can we discover and find out more about the product line?
0: Two ways. locally. We are partnering with Alabaster Jar Market and the store you can find it at the Bible Museum in Collierville at the Square.
1: Bible Museum on the Square in Collierville, yes. yeah. Yeah.
0: So we have a their gift shop is run by Alabaster Jar Market and my product, the Beauty from Ashes product, is there for sale. So this is a three-way partnership with three wonderful organizations. And also online off Etsy, you can find us um Beauty from Ashes TN. Tennessee, you can buy online as well.
1: And then you can go ahead and either go to the Collierville store if you want to pick up, especially as we get moving to the holidays or somebody wants to buy a birthday present or to help support, because all of the funds for that goes back into the ministry.
0: Absolutely. So now that we're partnering with local ministries here... How that works to advance the kingdom, Alabaster Jar Market also has a concern for human trafficking, and one-third of their revenue goes to fighting human trafficking. Oh, wow. So if you bought a bag from Beauty From Ashes through Alabaster Jar, one-third of that goes to fighting human trafficking. And then, obviously, reinvestment in our vendors in Sri Lanka keeps them busy, keeps them employed. Yes. And that money, 100% of that, it goes back it to goes our back vendors. To them. Wow. And then whatever is left, our ministry continues to work with the children in Sri Lanka. Our, All of us are volunteers, so yeah. we don't make an <laughs> income, a salary. <laughs> yes. So it's wonderful to be able to give back.
1: That is so exciting. Char, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for sharing your heart, your vision for the people of Sri yes. Lanka, and how God is using the ministry of uh, Isaiah 613 International to touch so many lives. The rebuilding of of a country from brokenness, as you said, beauty from ashes. That's what's taking place. It's pretty exciting. We're going to have to say goodbye. You can't be a stranger. You're going to have to come back, and (laughs) we're going to have to tell more about the exciting journeys of this ministry and work. Any closing thoughts before we say goodbye?
0: Well, actually, um, the Lord has placed in our hearts... To start a homeless, feed the homeless ministry in Sri Lanka. So, if anybody is interested to find out more, they can contact us through our website, Isaiah613internationalintl.org. Okay. And what we want to do is go and start a food pantry and work with the church in Sri Lanka to start a feed the homeless ministry. Wow. So, we're very excited <laughs> about that. That's my next project that I'm working on.
1: Wow, that is so exciting. Well, we're going to have to say goodbye. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you. Thank you you
0: for having me. God bless
1: you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I do appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for listening. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.